53-man roster is set, and I finally figured out why I have so much frustration towards Steve Kime. Here we go. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Alex Clancy here, uh, fresh off a two-day little personal hiatus. I know it wasn't necessarily the greatest time to take it off, but sometimes you just need a couple days. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. So, you know, 53-man roster is set. I'm going to break down the discussion from the offensive side, the defensive side, and end this podcast with the realization of why I get so frustrated with Steve Kahn. Uh, Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals just part of your day. If this is your first listen ever of Locked on Cardinals, thanks very much. If you've been here since 2017, thank you also. And if it's somewhere in between, I appreciate that as well. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk faster. Uh, Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. So the 53-man roster is set. It was set yesterday. Uh, Trace McSorley was cut, then brought back to the practice squad today. Same with Jesse Lucada. Cut, brought back. Uh, Edge rusher, one of the better stories to come out of camp out of Penn State, late-round pick. Um, There weren't a whole lot of true surprises. Devon Kennard was waived, and I tweeted out that I wasn't, you know, I was like, well, what are we doing here? You know, there there needs to be depth at every position because – Although there are players at every position on the defensive side of the ball, it's a power and number situation when you have so many young players thrust into high-impact situations that they haven't been in before, namely Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons uh, was reported that he's going to be wearing the green dot in week one, calling the plays on defense. Huge deal for him with a huge, huge third year um, ahead of him where – I think he's going to be a fringe pro bowler this year. I think that's going to be the baseline for him for the rest of his career because we've seen flashes. We've seen the oh my God moments that I've discussed, namely with Kyler Murray and other players. But Isaiah Simmons has shown that the dude's a dude. And Steve Kime obviously believes in him. Cliff Kingsbury, Vance Joseph, to where he's going to be the guts of this defense. He's going to be the heartbeat of this defense come week one and through the rest of the regular season. So I don't really think there were that many surprises, aside from maybe Devon Kennard, even though people think that, and it's true, his numbers weren't there. He wasn't a starting piece, even though he was slated to be a starter going into week one, it looked like, but he's been waived and um, onward and upward. My Jay Sanders, Cam Thomas, uh, Dennis Gardeck, Marcus Golden, these guys are going to have big roles in this defense. Marcus Golden, obviously, but you look at Marcus Golden as a guy that opposing offenses are going to account for now because Chandler Jones is no longer there. Marcus Golden was the Scottie Pippen, it seemed, last year, even though I believe he had more sacks than Chandler Jones did to end the season. The defense is one big if, and the upside is massive. The upside is infinite, and I don't think that's ever been an issue. I don't think that's ever been put into question where you have guys 
that are here to prove themselves, prove their worth. Isaiah Simmons may be more so than Zayvon Collins, even though Zayvon Collins has had more heat on him than, Z- than Isaiah Simmons has because Zayvon Collins played in the preseason and Isaiah Simmons did it. We've seen the steps forward from Isaiah Simmons from year one to year two. We've seen the growth. We've seen the, this dude could be pretty good. This dude could make us forget that they didn't draft Tristan Wirfs or Jedrick Wills with the eighth overall pick. This dude has the potential to be great. And that's something that that's really all you want out of a second year player, the potential. That's what you draft people for. And that's what you like to see evolve from year one to year two and hopefully into year three, where he makes that big leap into a perennial fringe pro bowler or better. And I don't think that's far-fetched for Isaiah Simmons, because if it is, the Cardinals defense is going to be in trouble. Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, you know, uh, Antonio Hamilton. The Cardinals made a trade yesterday for Trayvon Mullen Jr., which was a Steve Kimey move. Didn't trade for a whole lot. The dude only played five games, I believe, last year. But it's another young, former, I think he was a second-round pick, to bolster this cornerback room. If they bring Robert Alford back, he knows the defense, and he played okay before getting injured again last season. So it looks better than it did on the defense. It does, because they've added pieces. We'll see if Nick Vigil can bring anything to the table. We'll see if Rashad Lawrence and or Lecky Fotu can bring something to the table with the run-stuffing element of this defense. We'll see if J.J. Watt can stay healthy for more than 10 games, which is paramount for the for, you know, for the positive trajectory of this team. Like, the ifs surrounding all of these players are vastly different. J.J. Watt is health. Rashad Lawrence is taking that step. Can he be one of the perennial top run stuffers in the NFL? Can Marcus Golden replicate as being an elder statesman of the group? Can Zayvon Collins take that step forward from year one to year two to warrant being on the field for 75% of the snaps or more? We don't know. Can Isaiah Simmons take that Pro Bowl step forward? Can Byron Murphy not go by way of Christian Kirk where in his contract year, he didn't show enough for the Cardinals to re-sign him. And yeah, maybe that had something to do with Jacksonville offering him a billion dollars to go play on the East Coast. But I don't think they were going to bring Christian Kirk back regardless because he didn't show enough with enough potency to warrant a big deal for a wide receiver. Can Byron Murphy go by way that Christian Kirk didn't and supplant Patrick Peterson as the last as the next CB1 that the Cardinals have cuz we don't know if Byron Murphy is. He showed flashes during the first half of last season, 100%. He grew from year 2 to year 3, 100%. He also was way behind the eight ball his rookie year because Patrick Peterson cheated, was knocked out for 6 games. Byron Murphy had one of the worst, I think he had the most touchdowns scored against him out of any corner in the NFL, but he was set up to fail his rookie year in 2019. He's grown so much since then. But is he able to be a CB1 going into 2022 for the extent of the 2022 season? Because if so, this DB room is going to be vastly different. Can Vance Joseph prove 
that he can elevate youth that he has to work with. The uncomfortable conversations that may come into play because, listen, the players that were cut, maybe besides Devon Kennard, it kind of surprised me a little bit. I was like, well, why? And then it made sense. Like when, you know, when they, when they cut Jesse Lucada to have to, to, to trade for Mullen Jr. And they were able to get him on the practice squad. At least he's there. And there are pundits all around town, all around national media. They're like, Jesse Lucada like was a steal in, 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 in the late rounds where the Cardinals got him. So we'll see. Does Victor Dumakeji take that step and become a pass rusher seemingly out of nowhere, even though we knew what his job description was going into this preseason? Is he able to be another guy that Vance Joseph can use in the pass rush by committee method that he's going to have to enlist in 2022? A very telling thing before I get to the offense in the next segment, a very telling thing, and I don't know if this was Vance Joseph being political, like being like a politician, or if he actually believed it. He had this wry smile. He had this smile when he said, we're now allowed, we're now able to run a pass rush by committee with Chandler gone in one of the interviews during the preseason. And that, it was like, huh, what does that mean? Is that being uplifting or is that like, Giddy up, baby. I have exactly the tactic for this. Are we going to turn back the clock to the second half of the 2020 season after Chandler Jones was out for the year where the pass rush got better? Where they traded for Marcus Golden, he improved. Where Hassan Reddick made his money going to Carolina and then on to Philly this year. Is that what we're in line for? Because if so, this defense could shift from a bottom 10 defense to a top 15 defense. And the difference between those two is not making the playoffs and potentially uh, vying for a Super Bowl. So with the 53-man roster set, even though there aren't that many surprises, it's it's filled out a little bit more. And I'm going to tell you why, even though the trade from Mullen Jr. yesterday was good, I'm going to tell you why that's directly linked to what frustrates me about Steve Kime. And it's not waiting until the end. It's not what you think it's going to be but it's something that's very important to discuss. And finally, finally, I saw it in the stars and I could use it, use my verbiage to discuss why Steve Kime frustrates me. And I'm going to talk about it in the third segment, the offense under a microscope, wide receivers, running backs, a million of them, good, bad. We'll talk about it next. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. I will discuss that and more first. I'm going to tell you about our friends at LinkedIn. Not only are they the title sponsor for today's show, but LinkedIn is, I was on LinkedIn forever when I was looking for jobs. Okay. If you're posting jobs, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire in all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That's a lot of people, you know, 810 million. That's a lot. Then add your job uh, and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. So your network can help you find the right people 
to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? That's a lot also. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And there's another sponsor. Like, here's the thing. Is these guys prize picks? Okay. They're a new-ish sponsor. Okay. I tried out the website for the first time, or I tried out the app for the first time like two days ago. And it's an absolute game changer. Okay. It's like, imagine being able to go and look at the the total passing yards for Kyler Murray for the year. And then look at the total uh, touchdowns for DeAndre Hopkins for the year. Be able to select two, put a little cheese on it, and make some money. Okay. That's what prize picks does. Okay. You pick two to five players. And if they will go more or less in their prize pick project projection, it's an over under. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other players. It's just you versus the projections. It's wild. Okay. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. So it's super easy. You look at an over under number. You're like, bink. I think the over on that boop, parlay them together, put some cheese on. You can win up to 10 times your money. It's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada with safe and fast withdrawals. Download the Price Picks app uh, or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit 50, they'll give you 50. You get it? Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So I was off for two days, needed a little personal time. You know, season's ramping up. Had a lot of thoughts going through my head with the 53-man roster. Devon Kennard getting cut. Cardinals making a trade. The impact for Cody Ford that they traded for a little while back. Like, looking at the roster now and looking at the roster three weeks ago, it's not night and day, but it's night and sunrise. It's not night and day, but it's night and the time to go for early morning jog. You know, night and day will be if the Cardinals can go two and one in the first three weeks. Night and day will be if this offense can put up a 30-burger the majority of the games this year. That's what night and day will be because that will kind of wash away what happened at the tail end of last season. That'll wash away the debate of, oh, is it DeAndre Hopkins getting hurt? Was it Kyler Murray having a high angle sprain the whole year and not really talking about it? Was it Cliff Kingsbury's inability to call plays? What was it? Hopefully, if it goes tonight, today from night, that'll get washed away. And the roster right now looks like Sunrise from three weeks ago. Now, the offense, Andy Isabella on the roster, even though he's requested a trade. Greg Dortch, they've got 48 running backs. They've got a handful of wide receivers. And the offensive line is deep at every position, at least too deep at every position, with flexibility from the depth players. 
So if there's any sort of futility on the offensive line this year, Josh Jones has proven he can play left and right tackle, which is a big deal. That's one of the biggest storylines coming out of the preseason is Josh Jones has proven that when given a chance, he can ball when it's at one of his natural positions, especially left tackle. And I know that he was playing against twos and threes slash practice squad players. I know that. But at least he did his job against players he was supposed to do his job against. And that's a big deal when protecting Kyler Murray. Having the ability to not worry about the ball getting snapped properly when Rodney Hudson is out. Now, sure, there are nagging injuries across this roster. Rondell Moore is day-to-day. Rodney Hudson is set to play in week one, but still questionable. Like, there are nagging injuries abound. But the offensive side of the ball, although there haven't been many moves, the Cody Ford move was a big deal. The roster is good enough to put up a 30-burger game. And I think it's safe to say that without DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks. They don't play hammer defenses the first six weeks like philly's better the rams defense is good but it's jalen ramsey and and i know they added bobby wagner and aaron donald but they have aaron donald but they've lost a lot of players over the last handful of years a lot of difference makers and i think the cardinals as currently constructed with deandre hopkins out for six weeks can still put up 28 to 30 points a game because that's what the recipe calls for the cardinals offense is going to be the strength come hell or high water And what we've seen with the 53-man roster, with Andy Isabel and Greg Dorch both making, it's like they've got weapons four days. The amount of wide receivers the Cardinals have. I mean, you could run five wide every, every set. They've got players. They've got receivers. They've got all sizes, heights, girths, speeds. They've got everything. So Cliff Kingsbury now just has to have a game plan that's adaptable. It's like an option route for a wide receiver. He's got to have a game plan that's adaptable through the course of a full NFL season. And that's something that he struggled with. His inability to adapt, his inability to adjust is something that he struggled with. And I feel like going into 2022, it's almost going to be like it'll be easy to take the training wheels off for him to be able to adapt because he's going to have all the options. He's going to have all the options. From Dorch to A.J. Green, they're covering the spectrum of height, speed, strength, you know, one-on-ones versus people can catch in double coverage. Like, the Cardinals are going to be in good shape from the wide receiver group. And also... If Cliff does adopt more of running the ball, which is great. Like, I don't care that Kyler Murray just got a whole lot of cheese at all. If they want to run the ball and this be a run-heavy team, cool. The goal is to put up as many points a game on offense as possible. Not rely on the defense for short fields. Not rely on turnovers. Not rely on defensive and special team scores. Putting up 28 to 30 points a game with the offense not relying on anything else. And the Cardinals have all the tools in the tool shed. James Conner, Daryl Williams, Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Ward, Keontae Ingram. If Cliff Kingsbury wants 
to have the Andy Reid style offense of checking the ball down and running different sorts of screens, different sorts of checkdowns, and having wide running backs catch 10 balls a game, killer. As long as it moves the sticks, I don't give a rip. There's one thing that we know that must happen going into 2022. If this offense doesn't lead the charge, this is going to be a very difficult season to watch. And that's barring any sort of injury, anything like that. This offense needs to be the focal point. It needs to be the focal point. And it seems obvious, but it hasn't been the focal point since Kyler Murray's been drafted. It's got the most attention, but it hasn't been the most stable. It's got the most glitz and glamour, but it hasn't produced as effectively as the defense has. Go back in the annals of 2021 and look at how much the defense led the way, especially on the road with the Cardinals wins on the road. Go check out Tennessee when they put up a 40-burger. Five and a half sacks, two and a half strips, two strip sacks for Chandler Jones. Short feels abound. Cleveland, Chicago. The offense needs to take charge, and I think it will. If it doesn't, very uncomfortable conversations will be had during the middle and tail end of this season. Alex Lancey, Locked on Cardinals. I finally figured out why Steve Keim frustrates me so much. And, like, there's a bunch of different, like, you know, a little dash of this, a little dash of that, you know, a little sugar, a little sweetness. Great job here. Great job there. You piss me off here. You piss me off there. I finally put it into a sentence. And it feels phenomenal. I'm going to share it with all of you. Alex Lancey, Locked On Cardinals, coming up next. First, Dave. <clears throat> Dave is a banking app. Okay. Dave is a banking app that can get you up to 500 bucks instantly with extra cash. So, say you're struggling to pay a bill. Say your electricity bill was a little bit more in Arizona than you expected it, and you don't have the cheese to pay it off. Think of it as a gift from your future self by downloading the Dave app and enrolling for for extra cash. Okay, millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. Download the Dave app from the App Store. That's D-A-V-E if you didn't know how to spell Dave. Sign up for the extra cash account and get up to 500 bucks instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Off yesterday. And the day before, I'm back. Thanks for hanging. I talked defense. I talked offense when it comes to the 53-man roster as a whole. Not a whole lot of surprise. The Jesse Lucado was a 53-man signed, then cut because of the trade for Mullen Jr. And then he was brought back to the practice squad. That's good. So the Cardinals have guys at every position, okay? So barring injury, the Cardinals will have guys at every position how impactful they'll be. We'll see what uh, we'll see what Sanders and Cam Thomas can do. We'll see if Dennis Gardeck, who plays more than, you know, 90 snaps and has seven sacks from a couple years ago, we'll see if the potency is there. We'll see if he can really be a bona fide pass rusher. If he can, it's flipping the script on everything. I've said this throughout the offseason. If this is your first time listening to Locked on Cardinals, thank you. If you've been around for a while, thank you very much. If it's anywhere in between, I appreciate it. Uh, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. I'll be going live every halftime on YouTube, and I believe I'm going to do Twitter spaces as well. Tell your friends, bring a beer, 
We'll have some fun, uh, regardless of how the Cardinals are doing. We're going to have good conversations. Bring your questions, bring your comments, and we'll chat. There needs to be like 60% of the ifs translating to something positive on defense. Pass rush, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, J.J. Watt's health, Byron Murphy, that's that's five. If three of those pop, this defense is going to be top 12. Because there is no question, in my opinion, about Vance Joseph's leadership and is able to elevate talent. There is no question about the intellect that the defensive side of the ball has. And there is no question about how fast and how hard hitting this defense is. You put Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, and Jalen Thompson on the same side of the ball with J.J. Watt, come on. But it can't just be one. It can't just be one and then Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. It's got to be more. It's got to be collective. And they don't have to be a top five defense for the Cardinals to win 11 or 12 games this year. They've got to be top 15. They've got to give up under 22 points a game or 23 points a game. They just have to. Putting up 30 points a game in an in, in NFL game week in and week out is a very daunting task, even though it's been tipped the scale to the offense for the last, you know, better part of a decade. So I finally figured out why Steve Kime frustrates me so much. I put it into a sentence and then I'm going to explain myself. The reason why Steve Kime frustrates me so much is it seems that more times than not, he's reactive as opposed to being proactive. So let me explain to you what I mean. The Kime time thing is reactionary. Let's see what the roster I've built so far does. And then if changes need to be made, I'll see what's available. Proactive is what the Rams do. Proactive is what the Eagles have done. Proactive is what Tampa Bay has done. Proactive is I'm going to go get the person I want to complement what's already here. I'm going to go seek a pass rusher or a corner and not wait until a month before the season or until after preseason ends before the regular season starts. The integration of new players takes time. Defense especially is built on instinct and trust. That's what it's built on. And being reactive all the time is a recipe for future, for sustained ambivalence, for sustained uneasiness. Being proactive, did I say proactive? That's what I'm being reactive. Being proactive, you go out, you scout, you get who you want, and you figure out the rest. Like Bobby Wagner is a perfect example, okay? Bobby Wagner, and I'm not saying the Cardinals should have paid him because he got a lot of cheese from the, from the Rams. Sure, the Cardinals already have that part of the linebacking core shore up. But wouldn't it be an improvement with with Bobby Wagner, wouldn't it have been? Then you figure it out. You go get the player, you figure it out. You go get the proven talent, then you figure it out with the people who haven't proven it yet. It seems like Steve Kime has his plan, executes it, and then adjusts. Instead of being fluid throughout, be like, oh, that person became, that player became available. Let's go see if we can outbid other, outbid other teams and bring them in, and make this team better, and then adjust. Being reactive instead of proactive is more of a recipe for failure 
than the former, in my opinion. If you can get proven talent that's on the free agent market early, that has a better chance of working than waiting until the end. It has maybe a wider swing of failure as well. But if you can get a proven entity that's a little bit more expensive than trading for a conditional seventh-round pick late just to fill out the cornerback room where the dude has less than two weeks to learn the schemes, learn the plays, learn, learn the defense, mesh with his form, with his current, you know, his new team, being reactive has a much thinner margin for error. And that's what frustrates me. That's what frustrates me. The Cardinals legitimately did not make any high-impact moves this offseason. Training for Hollywood Brown during the draft, that was the draft. That wasn't free agency. That wasn't after free agency. Is that a high-impact move? For sure. Was the right move? Jury's out. Trading for Cody Ford to block for his college quarterback? Cool. Late. Trading for Mullen Jr.? Couldn't be more late. So sure, it'll fill out the roster, and those two guys will be impact players in some capacity, you'd like to think. But the why wait question, why be reactive instead of being proactive, like winning GMs are, that's what frustrates me. Try something different to build out a roster. I don't care at this point if you're not good drafting players. Like I've gotten back and forth on Twitter a lot. Steve Kime is statistically the worst drafting GM since he's come into the GM ship in 2013. So yeah, people miss on draft picks all the time. First round, second round, third round, all the way through. But nobody's missed more than Steve Kime. So being reactionary on top of being not the greatest on draft weekend is a recipe for a thinner margin for error than being proactive in pre-agency and just paying people. I don't know if this is because he's hamstrung from Michael Biddle and not wanting to pay people. That's possible. But it's something that frustrates me, and I finally figured it out. Here's to being more proactive in the future instead of reactive, which could in turn yield wins, playoff wins, and Super Bowl appearances for the Cardinals. Try something different. This offseason, he pulled it off. For sure, this Cardinals roster is ready for week one. They maybe will bring in another corner, bring in another edge rusher, sign Robert Alford. I would still like for them to sign Jason Pierre-Paul who still doesn't have a job. But with the 53-man roster set, the Cardinals are in much better shape now than they were when the preseason started. And this season in 2022 is going to come down to the ifs on the defensive side of the ball. The ceiling could be shattered or the floor could fall out from beneath them. We don't know, but it's going to be exciting as hell. I hope you're along for the ride with me, Alex Clancy. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Twitter spaces, YouTube every halftime. Join me. Bring a beer. Bring your friends. We're going to have an open forum to discuss the first half of every game from week one, a week from Sunday, through hopefully what's a very deep playoff run. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you tomorrow.